today's quick uh, evening podcast is just to clarify one of the concepts that we talked about earlier on, the an iron gap. So I'm just going to take five minutes to helpfully try and explain this um, to clarify the concept. So the anion gap is, if you like, part of our comprehensive metabolic panel that we were talking about. And basically has a role in looking at metabolic acidosis. So the equation is basically sodium plus potassium minus chloride plus bicarbonate. And this should give you a result of around about 20. What we then do normally is because um, potassium concentrations in the serum are relatively low compared to sodium, we have a modified equation where we look at sodium minus chloride plus bicarbonate. And this will give us a normal anion gap between 8 and 16. Our anions in this equation is sodium. Um, sorry, our anions are chloride and bicarbonate. And our cations or positive charge ions are sodium. So the anion gap basically allows us to look at the unmeasured ions, okay, um, which are me unmeasured anions. Okay, this is the reason it's called an anion gap, because this gap or this calculation refers to unmeasured ions. So Long story short, if the anion gap goes up, we've got more unmeasured anions. So anions other than chloride and bicarbonate, um, which is quite important. It's worth me mentioning as well that the anion gap will change according to the amount of albumin you've got. So you should ideally correct the anion gap for um, albumin levels. So let's talk about a few kind of situations. So high anion gap is normally due to, okay, things like lactate and ketones such as beta-hydroxybutyrate. So therefore, lactic acidosis will increase your lactate and increase your anion gap because the amount of lactate, which is a anion, would go up. If you have got patients with organic acidemias, organic acids and accompanying things like beta-hydroxybutyrate and acetate would go up. So organic acidemia is a known cause of increasing your anion gap. So why is this all important why is this even worth talking about well basically because it's worth thinking for a second before we recap what does the anion gap actually represent what does it actually mean and why is it important it's one thing to measure it and it's another thing to say well what do we think is actually going on and what are the potential causes okay so what does your anion gap represent? It represents unmeasured anions, okay? So it measures your unmeasured anions, okay? Which is different to potentially other causes. So that's really the take-home message for today is what the anions are 
lactate and hydroxybutyrate are unmeasured anions according to that equation. So therefore, when we look at this, we are looking at, have we got the accumulation of acid, which is basically what we are saying, the accumulation of acid. So that's basically as much as you need to kind of know about the anion gap. So our organic acidemias that we talked about today are causes of a raised anion gap because you have the accumulation of organic acids and you also get the accumulation of hydroxybutyrate. So that's one of the things that's worth thinking about is that is why you get the raised anion gap. So I just thought it'd be worth quickly clarifying that and a quick recap about what the anion gap represents. And mud piles is a good mnemonic, um, which is worth Googling for causes of a raised anion gap. So there are a number of different causes, but I prefer, uh, personally prefer the mnemonic um, mud piles. Some people call it cat mud piles, but you've basically got metformin and methanol for M, U for uremia, D for DKA, P for things such as paracetamol, I for iron and isonazid, L for lactic acidosis, E for ethylene glycol, and S for salicate. So there are some of the things that would make you think, oh, why has this person got a raised anion gap metabolic acidosis? So I just want to spend a few minutes, um, hopefully you found it useful, just giving you a brief summary about what the anion gap represents. Thank you very much. Yay!